Welcome to Grand Fraud, the global podcast for fraud and corruption investigators, covering the latest on tech trends, best practices, case studies, and legal analysis in the world of serious fraud investigations. Welcome. My name is Paul Milata. I'm a CFE and the host of this show. Today's guest is Ulf Mehner. He is the managing director and founder of Weichert Mehner, a PR consulting company based in Dresden, Germany. Mr. Mehner, welcome to the Grand Fraud Podcast. It's nice to be here. Thank you for your invitation. Mr. Mehner, the Grand Fraud Podcast has a very clear focus on fraud and corruption. What is the role of a communicator in anti-corruption work? Well, in my opinion and in my experience, we are like a partner for the lawyers or the uh, other partners in such a project because communication is a very uh, important thing in dealing with fraud and other corruption issues, um, especially in the 20 and 21st century media relations and the relations to all the other stakeholders are pretty important. And as a communication expert, we are proficient in dealing with different stakeholder groups and um, different, different public opinions. Lawyers or tax consultants, they are very focused in dealing with their stakeholders the police or the public authorities and so on and so on. And it doesn't matter if it's in Germany, in Western Europe, in England or in America. But we as communicators, we have a look at all the other stakeholders in the organization, outside of the organization and to the digital and to the old media. And that's why communication is important in cases like fraud, corruption and so on. And at least it doesn't matter if it is a public institution, a public organization, or a company. Right. There's, of course, the old adage that the way you deal with a fraud and corruption case can sometimes be more damaging than the fraud and corruption case itself. That's why a very straightforward question, what does crisis communication actually require from the other stakeholders in a fraud and corruption case? Good question. If it's okay, let me first talk about the aim. Um, the aim is to uh, keep the reputation of the organization or to try to limit the damage of reputation. And the other one is to keep the license to operate for the organization. In question of communication, as well as the, uh, the rest of the purpose of the company. So Crisis communication is not a rocket science. What do we need? We need the trust of the lawyers. We need the trust of our clients. Um, in the last 15 or 20 years, I made the experience that it's sometimes hard to get the trust of the clients and the lawyers or the tax consultants and whoever. And so it's very important that we communicate on the same eye level. And at least this is um, another very important base. We have to know everything about the fraud. And we have to know what our partners didn't know. And let me be clear because 
And this is the experience I made in the last yeah, five or 10 years that our clients think that we communicate about everything we know, but we didn't. But we have to know. That relationship, of course, with the other stakeholders, the sheer fact that you have to sit at the table when a briefing is taking place requires a lot of trust. From your point of view, how do you build this trust as a PR consultant with the other stakeholders in a rather tense period of time? It depends. Um, some of our uh, mandatories we uh, got about recommendation. So a tax law, a tax consultant or a lawyer recommend us. And um, the other one, I mean, it's a people business. It's a people business. So for me, as a co or for us as communicators is ask the right questions. Be cool. Be cool-headed. Stay in your middle. Think before you answer as a communicator. Take your time. Know what you can do and know what you can't do. And try to uh, get in a good relationship with, with uh, especially with the lawyers or, or, or the other partner. This is very important. But nevertheless, the client itself is sometimes the most challenge. Uh, what are you thinking of when, when you mention that? The clients are human beings. So especially when they have to deal with fraud, they are in a really hard emotional stress situation. And... I understand it. And the good thing is, you know, I'm external or we are externals. We are not in such a emotionally stressful situation. But on the other side, some clients have hard to deal to keep a cool head. And so and this might be an explanation for acting or reacting on a very uh, impulsive way, not on the normal business way. In, as a human, I can understand it. As a communicator, I have to deal with it. And as a communication manager, I have to uh, ask it. And sometimes I recommend to uh, move out the manager of the uh, communication management situation. And I must say, and this is why I'm, I'd like to join this podcast, we need the trust of the investigators and we need the trust of the lawyers. This is very important. Sometimes I can understand that lawyers and, and investigators don't have a great trust to our communicators because they have their own media experience in watching TV. And they have their own maybe experience in working with other agencies coming from the advert um, industry. And so sometimes they, they mix us uh, with people coming from the advertorial industry or from the journalists, but we are not advert experts and we are not journalists from the yellow press. We have to uh, make our own reputation communication as communication consultants, but, but at least we are consultants and um, communication managers. Following up on that thought, how exactly do you do that? The first thing, and let me be a little bit political, um, and that is, I mean, valuable for the whole Western society, maybe for Asia too, I'm not sure about that. We are living in a democratic world. We are living in a world with uh, free opinion, free media, and this is very important. Sometimes we have to remind our clients that we are living in a democratic world with free media. The, one of the most important thing in dealing 
a crisis in communication is don't lie, talk and explain what you know, communicate what you don't know, don't hold back any information, try to focus on your own communication, try to act, don't react only. We say breathe, assess, plan and act. Have you seen any particular shift in focus in the last 10, 15 years in uh, the requirements of these strategies because of certain mega trends like online media communication and the internationalization of client companies at the same time? Not really. That's interesting. I, I do not want to talk for every communication consultant in the whole world. In my opinion, there's a maybe simple reason because a crisis is a crisis. A fraud is a fraud. Uh, and the whole communication situation uh, and the whole communication industry is a big change from the, uh, we call it old media to the new digital and, and media. Of course, it's going faster. But, and now I'm repeating myself, in a crisis situation, a good communicator, a good communication team is supposed to be stay by itself. Try to uh, keep out the pressure from the media. Try to keep out the pressure of the other stakeholders. Analyze your information. Make a good communication strategy. But be honest. Don't lie. And communicate only one or two times about the whole situation and what you know. In a situation in which during a fraud investigation, the opposing side is using the local media massively in order to influence public opinion and in order to maybe also influence the court. Would you suggest that holding back is still the right thing to do? No. To be clear, I never said holding back. I only said... Um, focus on your own communication and it doesn't matter in which country you we we would work together i would inform the local media at least it depends of the media culture it depends on the whole system of the um of the of the country you are working but yes i would in the fire of battle it's difficult to stick to the rules even if the rules are simple and few is this what you would call a good communicator? Just following up on these core precepts, the one you mentioned, and sticking to it? Yeah, especially in the crisis, yes. I mean, when we talk about communicators in the whole, there, there are some other competences, you know. I mean, on the other hand, of, of course, you, you know, have, you have supposed to be open-minded. It's really necessary to work in interdisciplinary teams. It's good... And to have experienced how lawyers are working and thinking, how's their mindset, how tax consultants and how um, other investigators are thinking. This is um, important. Has the discussion of the last, what is it, 10 years regarding the so-called fake news issue mm. affected your work? Has it somehow affected the tactics you had to use? Yes and no. I think the fake news discussion is more an issue in the 
American in the US American media, as far as I can see, and not in the European. We have this issues in German or European media, but as far as I can I can see in the United in the media in the media in the United States is more a question of the business case. And the, the, you know, the American journalists, they have a total another understanding of their job than the Europeans. Not a better, not the worse one, another one. And especially in Europe, we have another really problem because the, uh, the question of the um, business modeling. Because especially the print media, they have, a, they have a business problem in earning money. And... This leads that the that less journalists in the media are dealing with more cases, more information. So we have a lack of quality in journalists, especially in complex situation, especially in technology and maybe in business um, questions, and especially in very high complex dynamic crisis communications, fraud and corruption. Well, it certainly is a problem in North America as it is in Europe that uh, the uh, advertising income of the media industry has fallen sharply. However, we are also here in Germany in particular, but also other European countries, we are also affected by the fake news discussion, if you want, in the abstract sense of the word, because among other things, um, the world's largest uh, fraud in the media industry happened in Germany. And that is Klaus Relotius and Der Spiegel. And uh, based on the number of articles he himself claims to have forged, Relotius is by far the largest case we've ever had. However, if you compare the Relotius fraud with the number two and the number three and the number four, worldwide, what comes out is that the numbers of forged articles increase over time. So that is, of course, confirming what you're saying, that the media industry has a um, serious problem by itself. One question I wanted to ask you, and it's a question which might trigger an entire discussion, what's the one decision that would be particularly effective from your point of view in combating fraud and corruption? Corporate culture. Maybe the most reason for fraud are revenge and or greed. If you try to reveal fraud in an organization, the organization is supposed to take care that there are no reasons for, for greed or for re revenge. On the other hand, I mean, we are all human beings, so it would be very naive to think that it would work. But as an organization, you should take care that this won't happen. So let's talk about greed. I mean, if the management is greed for money, for power or whatever, it's only a question of time that, that parts of the rest of the company will figure out that the management is greed and that they copy this behavior. Let's talk about revenge. I mean, it's a big fraud of an organization if you give your employees and your partners um, give, a, give a reason for revenge. So 
on an idealistic way. This is uh, my, my advice. So in communication, be clear, be honest, be fair, be a good person, be a good manager, be a human being. Don't be too greedy. Treat your employees right. Be a good person. Thank you very much, Mr. Mena, for your time. I hope to hear you again on this podcast in the future. And until then, I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me here. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Grand Fraud Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, nemexis.de, and subscribe to this show so you'll never miss an episode.